Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's episode 36. Episode 36. Uh, 30, is, is 36 a square, a square number? It's uncool. It is six times six. Yes, it's uh, six squared. Hey, there we go. Uh, do you know how I know that, Phil? Do you know how I thought it was a square number? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I had a pair of thick frame glasses on. Because it didn't have a day for the prop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was square because I used to play... It, it's gonna. It's time for... We need a jingle for this. It's time for some more video game nostalgia. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is that like an old mario kind of... What was the noise when he died? It was like... Beep, beep, beep. Bah, wah, 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 wah. No, that's Pac-Man. Bah, wah, 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 wah. Bah, bah. Yeah, nice. Okay. Well, I used to play Cossacks, which uh, if you wanted to form your little pikeman into a square, you needed 36 of them. Oh, cool. Oh, I see. And yes. Wh- like a regiment sort of thing. And you know what? Why don't we teach kids maths using 17th century warfare anymore? It's how my father learnt maths and how his father before him. If it's good enough for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how are you, man? How is... Uh, we are recording this uh, late, like bad, naughty children, on a bud pod morning. Yes, a crisp bud pod morning. You can hear the birds farting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, yes, we are late, boys, because you are on tour. Yes, I am. I am on tour, carrying uh, 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 various um, various bags for Frank Skinner, being his bodyguard, protecting him from all the Three Lions fans, uh, fending off David Baddiel. <laughs> uh, he swears. He swears <laughs> they're friends. He swears they know each other. He's photoshopped loads of pictures of, uh, of of Frank Skinner doing Three Lions solo to make it look like he was involved, and it's very disturbing. <laughs> um, do you have a show in Cambridge last night? You're in Cambridge now? I'm in Cambridge now. Um, we did the tour show here last night, and it was a little strange, listeners, because uh, the show was in the Corn Exchange, which is a big old room. It's about 1,700 people. But that's not why it was strange. It was strange because I have done so many exams in that room. Uh, yeah, of course. Pierre and I um, are a Cambridge alumni. Uh, yes, we're in the we're we're in the uh, Illuminati. We're part of the um, elite. Yes, um, we are elitists. Um, <laughs> uh, it's why we're so it's why we're so elitist. It's because we're in the elite. You know, you're in the elite when you go back to your old exam hall for work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I think you know you're in the elite when you have a, uh, a moderately popular podcast that's mostly about turds coming to life. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Brexit happened. Podcasts yeah. like this. <laughs> <laughs> the working people of this country, Phil, are sick of 
filthy toilet humour and innuendo of the elite. People Are people excited about uh, the election in Cambridge? Can you feel it in the air? I think I can feel it in the air, although it might just be missed. Um, I think they are, because well, it's, it's controversial, Phil, because, of course, Cambridge is a famous Lib Dem uh, Labour switcheroo battleground. Yeah. And the, the Tories are always a pretty distant third here, so I'm not sure what any kind of tactical advice would be, given that it's going to the, well, sort of going to the Remain side either way, depending on... Yeah, I guess you can count on that, at least in Cambridge. It's funny. Yeah. A city full of scientists and clever people want to stay in the European... I mean, I don't know if it says anything that they're among the smartest people in the country and they all want to stay in the European Union. I don't know if that's worth considering. Um, it's probably hey. just coincidence. Hey, hey, Phil. Well, what about in the parts of the country that are still unaccountably dependent on fishing? You know? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that, I mean, that it's definitely not a sign that fishing as an industry is uh, ecologically devastating and should be stopped in general anyway, and that those people should be retrained and given money to do other things. Uh, no, it is a sign that for some reason, people who do fishing for a living are inherently wise. <laughs> well, they have those beards. They have those beards. Have those, and those tall tails, those, those nautical tails. I think, yeah, and if you're on water a lot of the time, you, you just become wise. Floating about, I don't know, makes you wise. If you, I think it does make you wise. If you live <clears> near <throat> a stream or on the sea, you are wise because water makes you wise. Uh, yeah, because whenever there's a wise, a wise, not, I was about to say a wise guy. Whenever there's a fucking wise guy. Just looking out at the sea at these, all, all these fishing trawlers. Look at all those wise guys. What a bunch of wise guys. <laughs> or just a, a, an, an Italian mobster leaving a, a, a Buddhist monastery. <laughs> what a bunch of fucking wise guys. <laughs> <laughs> When, even when you have a wise man who's on, like, a mountain, he's still on a mountain near a trickling stream. Mm, exactly. There has to be some kind yeah. of fluid fl- sloshing about. Do you think it's like ASMR? Like, if you hear lovely sloshy noises, uh, it just chills you the hell out? Yeah. Yeah, maybe in, in, Enlightenment was just the first bit of really good ASMR when Buddha yeah. sat under that tree. And like he rubbed the back of his head against the bark, and it made a sort of <sighs> noise. And he went, mm, <laughs> "I should start a YouTube channel." <laughs> well, the rustling of the leaves, and he thought, "Ah." Mm. Well, I... I mean, in Zen gardens in in Japan, in Zen Buddhism, so much of the meditation is to do with raking little pebbles, and that's a kind of <sighs> that's a kind of ASMR sound, isn't it? Do you think that's that's absolutely an ASMR? I mean, Japan sound? as a country is like <clears throat> if if you turned AS the idea of ASMR into an archipelago. <laughs> if you turned ASMR into 127 million people, it would be Japan. Everything's just a bit I, quiet. I, <laughs> I am always astonished to be reminded that Japan has 127 million yeah. people, and. Me and my uh, flatmate were talking about this the other day, about how a lot of Brexit is to do with, like, not enough of us in the UK have a good idea of how small our population is, mm-hmm. like, globally. So, like, every time, like, now it's one of my favorite questions to ask people. I go, hey, how many how many people are there in Japan? Because they inevitably, subconsciously, they've looked at Japan on a map and seen it's like a sort of island and gone, well, it's the same as the UK. It's like Asian UK. 
and they just say the same. They go, oh, 60, 70 million. It's like, no, it's like double. Yeah. Um, yeah. Viet- Viet- Vietnam has like 96 million people. That's a lot. My- Dude, it doesn't It doesn't feel like there are 30 million more Vietnamese people than British people. <laughs> yeah. You think you'd bump into them a lot more on holiday or something. Yeah. I, the, my favorite is Nigeria. When I ask people how many, how many people in Nigeria, and they go, uh, 20 million. And I'd say, 190 million. <laughs> Extraordinary. Oh 190 million people. That's that's half of the United States. Yeah, incredible. Incredible stuff. <clears throat> but anyway, we didn't come on here to talk about populations. No, uh, although it's always at the back of our mind. I'm, I've been really enjoying uh, the Conservative Party's absolute car crash start to this election campaign they, they've they've really sat and thought okay let's just go back to our branding roots what do people <laughs> what do people know us for they know us for cruelty they know us for being fancy but not in a way that's actually like tasteful like gross fancy uh they know us for being weird and they've just really gone in for that it's like the, it's the coca-cola classic reboot yeah Conservatives classic. I mean, the idea that Jacob Rees-Mogg can go on the radio and then be like, it was very stupid to, to follow the advice of the fireman. And then Andrew Bridgen or whatever, Brig- Bridgen, mm. surely Bridgen. And he goes on and goes, Jacob's very clever and he's, he's a natural born leader, not like these oiks. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like, like if you put that in a satirical sketch, people would be like, "Oh, come on." Uh, at this point, I don't know why MPs even go on the radio. What is it to achieve by going on and being? All you're doing is entering in, entering into a disaster lottery. Yeah. Where there's a one out of ten chance you'll say something disastrous. Why go on at all? I- I, but I so I don't know why they don't just say things like, "Hey, do you know who's not allowed to go on the radio anymore? Those guys who are awful." <laughs> just don't let them. Just say to them, "You can't go on the fucking radio." Just reduce the available pool of radio people to like the four smoothest people. Yeah. I don't know why they don't do that. Maybe they try and they just go, "I have a responsibility to my constituents to be evil." <laughs> I was elected on an evil platform. Uh, they'll still do pretty well, probably. <clears throat> I mean, they're still polling really well, which says something about how the UK views itself and its own people. Um, yeah, I think if um, the Brexit referendum proved anything, it was that a, a, a large um, a proportion of the British population is willing to stomach uh, the most heinous shit in the in election campaign and still vote for the same thing they were going to vote for anyway. <laughs> yes. Do you, do you think do you think that the U, the UK population is like a gimp? Yeah, it just likes to be whipped. It likes to have a, yeah. a gag in its mouth and it likes to be whipped and it says more please at the end. <laughs> and if someone goes on the radio and says that stuff, there are a lot of the UK population listening going, yes, lead us, we are stupid. In, in, insult us again, we like it. Um, oh, um, we haven't said yet, <coughs> congratulations, Pierre, on uh, South Africa's rugby win. 
Um, oh my god! Yes, of Rob course. Ryan, the big, the big RWC with um, everyone's favorite sportsman, Faf de Klerk. Faf de Klerk. I love Faf de Klerk. It's my favorite new word. Faf de Klerk is it, it, that is like uh, if uh, <laughs> an insensitive person had to come up with a South African name for a a, t- for a dumb sketch show. Yes, yes, it's 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 verging on. It's just going like, well, the first name is always some kind of n- n- gibberish nickname. The first name is a sound effect, and then <laughs> the first name is a comic book sound effect, and then <laughs> duh, and then like a just sort of like a, an animal sound. Faster clerk. There we go. <laughs> also, or like they just went a sound effect, and then the surname of the last white prime minister president guy. Yeah, uh, the last, the like, the last white president of South Africa. So there we go. That's what we know. Uh, coming up next is Power Duplessis. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, um, and 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 Zing Fannykerk. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed watching. I don't watch very much rugby, but I watched some of this uh, tournament. And I have to say, as a sport, rugby is up there with golf. For athletes who look the least like athletes, yeah, and and it's worth noting that historically speaking, this is the most like athletes they've ever looked. Yeah, these are the the fittest um, rugby players in history, and some of them still look like lorry drivers. I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a guy on the English team who honestly looks like a, a an orc, or like <laughs> a bodyguard who gets killed in Game of Thrones. Because he's too slow. Oh, the 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 dude who's got like no neck and a yeah, bright he, he, he pink, does all the pink bowling ball head. Yeah, he does all the English throw-ins. What was his? What was his? Uh, what's that the guy's name? The annoying thing with rugby is they don't have the names on the on the backs of the shirts. That's that's how uh, uh, unegotistic the sport is. That's how brilliant it is. How calm and relaxed and fun everyone is. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to see if I can find this guy because he 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 does look. He he looks like. He looks like his name is Terry Grunt. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's about to start a fight somewhere in Tenerife. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, because they've run out of prawn cocktails. Yeah, he looks like he's about to cuz he's bright red, so it looks like he spent the day in the in the Canarian sun. <laughs> Um, I think he's the hooker. If he's doing all the, all the line outs, where is he? I can't find line him. Anyway, he's the one who, it, he's the one who looks like he's made out of pink chewing gum and rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you were you a rug, were you a rugby boy at school, Phil? You're you're kind of from a rugby town. Sort well, of? In, I I moved to Bath only for a couple of years for A levels, and they're very much into rugby. And the West Country is very into rugby. Um, when I went to boarding school in Brunei, that's the first time I ever played rugby. And I was looking forward to starting it because I was such a big boy, especially in Malaysia. I was I was never really good at any sport. So I thought, ah, I'll be able to do rugby because I'm a big boy. And I was still kind of rubbish. Uh, yeah, I, I had a very similar thing. Yeah, because yeah, you're very big. so. You... But there is a place in rugby for just big guys who can stand there. Yes, if you if you are hard to tip over, we have a, a vacancy for you. <laughs> it's just you and like a couple of cows, and you you make up the back. What do you call? It? Was it the back? The back? 
What do you, what's a part of the team that's just at the back? <laughs> the back? <laughs> the extras? But, well, there's, there's the backs and the forwards. Okay. But you'd probably be in the forwards if you were a big boy. When like I used to, when I was a giant eleven-year-old, they would just go, go in the scrum and don't move. Right. So you, you know, just, you just my 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 job my job was to consistently weigh more than other eleven-year-olds. <laughs> and by God, I did my duty. <laughs> yeah, I just found it. It's it's too aggressive. I'm rugby. I just if 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 you want the ball that badly, you can have it. <laughs> I don't want I it. couldn't muster I couldn't muster up any natural aggression until the other side did something that made me angry. I don't know if you had that. Oh. Where, where like I I I was like, well, you know, why should I tackle them that hard? And then they would do like they would scrape you with their studs or they they'd be like a hard tackle and I'd go, "Oh, okay, now I feel like I'm justified in doing this." <laughs> yeah, you have a a real uh, Hulk switch. <laughs> I Whereas I never did. If someone scraped me with their studs, I'd go, "I'm sorry, my shin was in your way. That was my fault, probably." <laughs> well, you're a you're a natural born engineer, so you you'd have the Batman response, which is to to go into hiding and slowly learn how to build various tools to <laughs> <laughs> sort of robots and cars to come and defeat them later. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com ring, ring. Letters. Keep emails. 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 emails emails phone Okay, because it's going to be a shorter one, listeners. Um, There's going to be some some emails sooner in the podcast than uh, normal. Uh, Some lovely correspondence. Now, Phil, this one is from Charlie. Charlie! um, Give make make us smiley. No, that's terrible. Um, Charlie, Charlie, come from a farley. Oh, nice, nice. I was about to, I was was trying to think, nothing really rhymes with Charlie. Uh, Charlie says, hi, PowerPoint. That's good. Uh, That's good. Last night I had a confusing dream about you, Phil Wang. Yes, tell me more, tell me more. Did we go to the park? Um, You kind of did, actually. Really? You went to the park? (laughs) Well, so, Charlie says, in my dream, we had been texting for a while and decided to meet. Sounds like me. You met me at the railway station, and a romantic montage began in which we strolled through meadows together, ate spaghetti, wow. and what? <laughs> ate spaghetti. <laughs> what, like Lady in the Tramp? Yeah, and whiled away the hours. 
Uh, you had both ears pierced with a hoop. <laughs> or just one hoop connecting the two of them. No, <laughs> in, in, uh, to be fair, a hoop in each. A hoop in each. Okay. <laughs> so you had like, you, you had like uh, sassy sassy hoops in each ear, Phil. I, I, thought, I thought it was like one hoop that went through one ear, then came around the front of my face, and then in through the other ear, and then around the back of my head. So I looked like a delegate from a Star Wars council. <laughs> You look like you were there to talk about intergalactic trade. <laughs> okay, so I've got a hoop in each ear. So I would never had, do that. You, you, had, <laughs> you had both ears pierced with a hoop in each. You said it heightened your productivity, and who was I to question you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this person goes, oh, you've got your ears pierced with hoops. And you went, yeah, it just makes me more proactive. <laughs> it's just a and, good place to keep your keys. <laughs> At the end of the date, we agreed to meet again, and you left. However, I then received a phone call from you where you told me that you felt extremely anxious. Sorry I asked, me. yeah, I asked whatever could be the matter, and you replied, "Your comments about the comedy circuit in Malaysia were unforgivable." <laughs> what did what did they say about the comedy circuit in Malaysia? What did Charlie say? Maybe they were unforgivable. I didn't know what you meant. You hung up. We never spoke again. Well, I I stand by it, Charlie. <laughs> what what it was bang out of order what you said about the KL comedy club scene. Well, I mean, you know, maybe she was saying like, uh, "Hey, it's too multilingual. People keep doing punchlines in Malay, and it's alienating for me." She said all the comedy clubs stink too much of spices. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't cool, really. There weren't enough swirling tablecloths. <laughs> um, we we have a, 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 well, a love... It's, it's lovely to feature in someone's uh, dream or nightmare. I guess it turned out to be a sort of anxiety uh, nightmare. Um, yes, and I, I like the fact that Charlie Subconscious decided that in this dream you would have sort of... Um, Enormous uh, uh, kind of salsa dancer hoop earrings. Yeah. To be uh, honest, if you if you came on stage with hoop earrings and never mentioned them, I think people would just go, "Okay." Do you think people? I, yeah, people probably go, "Oh, I never noticed he had earrings." They probably wouldn't yeah. even be like, "He's he, he's recently added earrings to his face." They'd go, "Oh, oh, I guess he had earrings." Do you, the whole time. Are you, are you ever tempted to do mad things and then just tell nervous white people it's a Malaysian thing? Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. Well, I did. Um, I grow my fingernails a lot. Like, my fingernails grow very quickly and I never cut them. And I, I like to have, like, long thumbnails. And uh, when people go, ugh, your nail's really long, I say, oh, it's a Chinese thing. And they go, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it kind of is, but it's on the wrong finger and uh, that's not why I did it. <laughs> You should start saying it's a Chinese thing uh, to just like be late and not shower and <laughs> just generally become a real tramp and not pay my taxes and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, number weapons Matt gets back in touch oh yeah I know we all we all remember Matt and his number weapons uh, hi Pierre and Phil story one I have a really awkward story from a stag do. Um, I was invited along to keep the groom's brother company on a stag due to Bognor Regis. So he's not a proper, like, guest guest. Okay. 
he's like oh. the brother's he's like the brother's friend you know to like oh that's nice isn't it that his brother has a friend as well um so he's, wait, wait his brother is at a stag do no 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 he was invited along yeah to keep the groom's brother company oh okay sure so he says so matt says i only knew the groom's brother and the groom and he didn't know anyone else. The rest were ten other proper Essex lads. Okay. Um, one bloke stood out as giving everyone a bit of grief or banter. Believing himself to be an alpha male, he was changing shirts in front of us. As expected, when shirtless, he had some crappy tattoos. <laughs> I seized the moment to banter back, and to win some of the group over to my side. And I said, Nice Pat Butcher tattoo. Uh, of course, Pat Butcher being, uh, uh, I think, from EastEnders. Okay, yeah, she's a, a lady. She's yeah, like she's the got oldest a... one, right? <clears throat> no. Yeah, she's got, a, she's got an can-I-speak-to-the-manager haircut. Okay, yeah. Ugh. A blonde bob. I think so, yeah. So Yuck. he goes, nice, nice Pat Butcher tattoo. Rather than laughter, the room fell silent. <laughs> he, he then explained it was a tattoo of his recently departed mother. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, and that's the worst person than a stag dude it could come from. The groom's brother's mate. Yeah. Oh, and Matt. I feel for that, you. Yeah, he says, and that was on Friday night during the pre-drinks. <laughs> it was a very long weekend. Oh, um, man. That's really funny. Uh, story number two. Uh, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, no. Um, <clears throat> yes, in, in, insulting someone's dead mum tattoo is pretty high on the list of... Uh, and, and and by extension, saying his mum looks like Pat Butcher when she was alive. Pretty pretty, t- pretty terrible all around. Well, you could save it. You could be like, Pat Butcher's a very beautiful woman. Or, uh, what a lucky fella you are to have had a Pat Butcher-like mum. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'm sure you think... miss her. You're right to miss her. I think that would have saved it. Um, And then his second story is that uh, the police were banging down his door on a Friday morning. Uh, He came down in his bathrobe, opened the door, and there are four police officers and a police van. Uh, They're convinced a burglary was taking place. This is because my flatmate at the time would invite her man in through the window as a romantic gesture. And this guy also enjoyed climbing and booty calls, presumably. Wait, so like a little, like like a role play thing? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they've been this this man's this this man clambering through a window with a visible erection has been reported to the police, <laughs> and rightly so. It's like it's um, like that it's like that meme from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey when he's like, "I'm into some strange things," and she goes, "Show me," and he opens the door to a room full of whips and dildos. Yeah, but he's like, I'm into strange things, and she's like, show me, and he just opens a window, <laughs> and points out of it there. I want to come in from there. <laughs> or he just points, and she goes, Subway, <laughs> uh, uh, Bank of America. What, what are you, what are you pointing at? Um, or he just he just opens a window and leaves, <laughs> and that's it. It's the end of the film. Um, the police were not amused, and so he got. Uh, he says, so I got her down to explain. They wanted him to come down as well, but he was too excited. Why well, he had a big old boner. <laughs> he didn't want to show the cops his boner. Yeah, he didn't want the he didn't want to show the police his truncheon, so he couldn't come down. 
<laughs> um, let's see. Oh, we had a, something something about. Uh... Oh. Uh? Hang on a second. Singing a song over the phone while Pierre reads an email. This time it's over the phone that I'm singing. I'm usually singing in the same room. Um, Angus gets in touch with a nice little uh, 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 email. Delicious uh, Angus beef burger. Yes. <laughs> hello, hello, Phil, Adelphia, Pennsylvania, and Pierre, South Dakota. Is there a town called Pierre in South Dakota? You bet there is. Wow. Ooh la la. Imagine my excitement in finding it on a globe when I was nine. Did you? I certainly did, Phil. Great. I believe it's the capital of South Dakota. Um, uh, uh, Angus says, I've been listening to the podcast since August after seeing Pierre's excellent Edinburgh show. Sorry, Phil, you were sold out. Uh, Ah. You missed out on some Angus beef, man. It's very quickly become my favorite podcast, and I'm recommending it to as many people as possible. Bless you, Angus. Thank you so much, man. Um, Thanks, Angus. You the Mangus. You the Mangus. Uh, <laughs> you the Mangus, Angus. Despite the fact that Wednesday is the middle of the week, I always wake up happy because I know there will be a bud pod waiting for me. Oh, t- not today. Sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so quickly betrayed. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any embarrassing poo anecdotes, but if you uh, drop the G, my <coughs> name is very on brand. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> However, I did previously work at the company that makes Lemsip. Oh, yeah. So my ears pricked up more than usual, and Phil mentioned it, and I would also set my myself on... Drink. That's right, he says, I would also set myself on fire for blackcurrant-only Lemsip. Yes, thank you. I'm glad we've got a mole. Um, Phil is entirely correct about the paracetamol, or acetaminophen for any Americans, being behind the bitter aftertaste. I also share Pierre's disappointment that the blackcurrant flavor doesn't taste like hot Ribena, even though the Lemsip powder itself has 90% sugar and sweeteners. What is it? 90%? Yeah, I guess it would yeah. be. If it was all paracetamol, <laughs> we'd, we'd be dead. <laughs> um, as, as to why shops tend to stock the lemon flavor, lemon is simply more popular. I don't, uh, but but this this is where nudge theory comes in. You have to you have to tell people what they like. <laughs> if you stock the shelves with blackcurrant, people will like blackcurrant. <laughs> As to why shops uh, tend to stock the lemon flavor that's uh, simply more popular, there's a very pervasive perception that a hot lemon drink can defeat colds and flus. Yeah, people I are blame sheep. Doctor Oz. Yeah, they are sheep. They're lemony sheep. The sour, um, le- bleeding, sh- bleating sheep. Um, Lemony, Lemony Sheep, of course, was uh, another great jazz musician. <laughs> Who are the others again? Um, the other is we've got uh, Willy Tubes. Um, I've got a list of them right here, actually. We've got Miles Scoliosis. Yep. Uh, Big Wrigley. Yep. <laughs> Willy Tubes. Brown Squiggles. Um, and now... Uh, Giacomo Coffins. Um, and, it, and in fact, me and, me and Frank have said a couple that I've written down. Yeah. Uh, oh, Minty- Frank Skinner. Yeah, Min- Frank Skinner. Minty Grazer. Minty Grazer, yeah. Crusty uh, Goujons. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, now Lemony Sheep, and it's quite the big band. It's a beer- Yeah, it's a, it's a long roll call of uh, solos. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes, but the, every single one of them plays the single string double bass. <laughs> the music is awful. Um, so it's just a uh, real mushy, sort of low, grumbly sound. <laughs> so um, Angus has a, a, a coolest uncool, most uncool cool. Oh yeah. So he says the coolest uncool thing is abseiling. Hmm. So abseiling, says, that's, that's when you, you you connect yourself by a rope to a, at the top of a cliff and then you just kind of fall down it. Yes, he says it's uncool because it takes at least four louis getting to the top of the abseil point and setting up all the ropes. But once you start to abseil, it feels and looks pretty darn cool. That's true, isn't it? That's like uh, you feel a bit Mission Impossible. Yeah, until, yeah, I guess, until you realize, oh, wait, you only had to come down because you went up. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. And there's no mission at the bottom. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's cool if, you like, if you're doing it down a building to smash into a window. That's pretty cool. Yes, they should provide... Um, imagine how much you'd pay to, for an abseiling experience where you get to abseil through a kind of sugar glass stunt window. Oh, great, yeah. I'd pay 50 quid for that. <laughs> Especially if you'd probably do that in like Dubai or something. Well, they probably let you do it with real glass and shoot a bunch of Fili- Filipino workers on the way in. Wow, it's so realistic. They really look dead. Uh, yes, yes, uh, realistic. <laughs> yes, please, this way. Um, so he says the most uncool cool is, and this is a good back reference for us as well, pilots. Oh, yeah. I'm a pilot! How am I supposed to be cool now? Uh, so, pilots. He says maybe it used to be a cool job, but these days it's just sitting in a chair for 15 hours at a time. Monitoring a computer, occasionally radioing airports or control centers to let them know what the computer is doing. Uh, <laughs> was it, only... <laughs> it so different before? Well, I mean, certainly pre-computers, you were like, well, I'd better hold this handle for 15 hours or everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I'd better not take a nap for <laughs> yeah. 15 hours. It was like being on, a, on an enormous highway for 15 hours. You go, well, I, I really need to concentrate at least a bit. Um, and uh, only really taking the controls when something goes horribly wrong. Uh, Angus, uh, that's good stuff, man. And he says, uh, I'd also like to suggest a Bud Pod greeting for the more risk-averse of us that would prefer to avoid using the Bum Bum Bin Bags version. Yeah. Uh, question, how do you sign off emails? Answer, keep jacking it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, it's a little on the nose, it's a little, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's very clear. There's no ambiguity there, is there, what, what you're talking about? How do you sign off emails? Yeah, and, and it's very rare for someone to ask you how you sign off emails. Yes, yeah, and I guess it wouldn't be too embarrassing if they would just go, um, best regards, and just, yeah. just go, yeah, 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 me too, me too, yeah, I thought, I thought. Yeah, you'd sort of think so that like that just that just wouldn't really um Yeah, you'd think that that would not come up by accident very easily. Like that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Well, okay, what, I think that's pretty good angle. What was the last version we had of the Bud Pod um secret greeting? Oh, I, 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 it was something mad like Are you having um, a bin bags? No, um It's like are you are you uh, Are you having a bin bags day? Yes, well it is a bum bum life. Was it? Was that it? It was something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or no, no. It was. It was. It was more risky. It was someone. I think it was like quite risky because it was like going up to someone and saying, "Are you having a bum bum day?" <laughs> <laughs> which is a, which is a risk. <laughs> I don't know. 
Anyway, look, this um, Phil's Phil's got to go um, uh, disassemble the pillow fort that we were hiding in last night. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. From it's all the very, fireworks, it's really structurally sound, so it's going to take a, a good couple of days to deconstruct it safely. I'm 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 going to um, uh, try and uh, employ a sort of safe demolition. What, what's it called? An implosion? A demolition? A controlled? Uh, a controlled dem- demolition? Yes, yes, um, and it, it, it's very sturdy because Phil's an engineer and, and I'm an early medieval history graduate, so it's 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 like a sort of um, a Roman fortress, but with modern materials and pillows. Yeah, <coughs> memory foam, a memory foam uh, fort, a memory fort. Yes, it all. Yeah, happens. a memory, a memory fort, and what memories we made. <laughs> um, um, okay, where are you off the, next to Pierre? I am uh, staying in Cambridge for the die. Uh, oh, and then my. tomorrow back to London, and then Friday off to Birmingham, uh, which ah. would, should be a pretty pretty big gig for Mister Skinner, of course. Yeah, it's his uh, hometown. Uh, pretty much, yeah. So it's, it should be really raucous and and fun, hopefully. Well, that'll be nice. What about yourself, Philly boy? Um, what am I doing? Well, I'm off to uh, China on Monday, so I'm got to prepare for that. I'll get a pack in, practice my Mandarin in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'll do. That's going to be great, man. Um, Oh, and thank you very much to uh, the Bud Pods and the Isle of Man people, who are also Bud Pods, who came to the Wolfson Howler in Cambridge, where I was hosting and Phil was headlining. And as one of them pointed out, it was like a secret accidental Bud Pod show. It was. For any um, Pod Buds in the room. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neat little uh, Easter egg. Yeah, and thank you for coming up and, and saying nice things to us afterwards and, and, and outing yourselves as, as pod buds. That was very nice. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, uh, keep emailing in, and by God, eventually we'll we'll catch up again. We'll get back to, to zero inbox, whatever they call it, inbox zero. Mm, sweet, sweet inbox zero. We're close. We're, we're, we're close, but we're far. Ooh. <laughs> we're close, but we're far. <laughs> yeah. Okay, everyone, thank you very much, and uh, keep jacking it. Bye. Bye, bye.